Welcome to the Swapflex Podcast. My name is Brandon Leday. And I'm Brittany Lombas. And we are recording in Brittany's apartment in Pigeontown, New Orleans. Yes, it is um, the new hip area of New Orleans. <laughs> this so. place is coming up? Yeah, there's a um, this like French immersion school that they've been working on building since I moved here. And they literally like did all the work they should have been doing over like 10 years in like the last five months. So yeah, it, it's um it's booming over here. Do you think you get like uh, hip cred for having been here first? I mean, I hope so. <laughs> I don't know. My rent went up by like fifty bucks, so I don't know if you that's should get like free a French sign. lessons after school after <laughs> the kids clear out. Front and be like bonjour, bonjour. <laughs> and this is the podcast version of the movie review website Swampflix. This is a Britney led episode. Uh, this topic that we chose today. It is. I'm sure there's plenty to talk about, even though I think with a couple of these movie titles, you would think there's not a lot to talk about, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure we'll find plenty to get into. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What have you been watching besides Real Housewives, which I feel like is like the really like meat and potatoes? So because, and we'll we'll get into it when we jump into what the topic for this episode is, because it's a surprise at this point, right? <laughs> you can divulge whenever you want. Okay. Well, it involves a real housewife <laughs> that I love and that Brandon loves. And I made Brandon watch some real housewife episodes. So then I'm like, well, I need to watch these again. This is like my fourth time watching these episodes because I like rewatch the seasons like annually. Of this particular one? Because we watched the Beverly Hills Yeah, I franchise. do every franchise. Oh, wow. Yeah, because what happens is, is there's like a lull before like the new season starts and then I forget about all the stuff kind of. So then I just watch it from the beginning and I, I like I just crush these. OK, like I just I'll watch them one after the other and I'll stay up at all hours of the night. Um, so that's what I've been doing because I rewatch those episodes <laughs> that I'm like, God, like I, I want to go back and watch this one and this one. And and then I just like, you know, get like deep into it. But I did kind of watch a couple of movies and I want to talk about a movie that was super strange and I don't know how I came across it. I think like I was watching one of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills episodes on Hulu and then for some reason, like, you know, sometimes like you'll watch something and something else will start. Yeah. And you're like, what is this? Like if the season runs out, they'll just like play a movie instead. Yeah. yeah. Well, that happened. And this movie called Barry Monday started playing from uh, 2010 and it's like an independent film but it has like a bunch of big name actors like it's got it stars patrick wilson it has malcolm mcdowell judy greer um colin hanks gene smart and billy d williams and sybil shepherd like all these like big name actors and actresses in like a really stupid movie basically barry mundy played by patrick wilson is kind of this like douchey guy who like tears up tgi fridays and like makes weird comments to women and something happens where he has like he gets attacked by someone and it results in his testicles getting removed. And then he realizes that like he may have gotten someone pregnant that he doesn't remember and she hates him. So she's like this very like not super Christian, but, you know, she's like never had sex. And she's like, the first time I had sex and I hate you and you got me pregnant and come on and now you have to take care of me and this and that played by Judy Greer. So she's like really good at playing like that type of character and he kind of becomes a better person. And then like she has her baby and it's very apparent that it's like not his baby, but that's never resolved. It's, it's so, so strange. Is it a broad comedy? 
kind of in a cheap way. Okay. It was okay. It was like a Sunday movie situation where it's like the humor that like he's emasculated a bunch. Obviously, yeah. like literally with the literally. testicles, but yeah, <laughs> it was just very bizarre. Also, because like these characters are trying to play like people that I'm assuming are like in their twenties, and they're like in their forties, so that kind of throws it off a little bit. But I think it's purposeful. I don't know. I don't know either. I cannot get a handle on what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I still don't know how I feel about it. It was cute. And it made me feel strange. And I didn't laugh out loud at anything, but some parts were funny. I wouldn't watch it again. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, but I don't hate it. So that's kind of the um, interesting part of the film world that's going on with me right now. Um, other than what we're about to talk about today. But what have you been watching? My recent viewing is not Housewives inspired, but it is adjacent to Denise Richards, who is the main topic that we brought up for this episode. Surprise! <laughs> that's, that's I, I don't know why I don't just immediately lead what we're, what we're talking know. about. Like playing mysterious, it's in the title. You do a little, you do like a really good job though of like making those connections. Like we always go and be like, "What have you been watching lately? What are you watching lately?" And then you'll do something to transition. I try to so it. hard, and you're good at it. So I didn't want to screw it up. No, no, you're good. Maybe we should have had some like white wine for this episode and got really like messy with, well, with all Well, I don't think we need stuff. white wine. Brandon has Aquapana. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm already playing up my housewives uh <laughs> illusions. But um Denise Richards when we were kids was kind of this like I wanna call her almost like a bimbo character in movies where like people didn't take her seriously as like an intellectual person. Like she was just like eye candy. She was like the hot young cheerleader in a lot of stuff yeah. and that kind of thing. I have been watching movies starring Jane Mansfield in the past week. Oh, wow. Uh, which feels like... Similar. N- not that dissimilar. Yeah. Like yeah. Jane Mansfield, I think her entire persona in most people's minds is just like a cheaper version of Marilyn Monroe. Like that's just kind of like a Marilyn Monroe knockoff is kind yeah. of what people think of her like immediately as. But I've never like seen her in anything. Wasn't she only in like a very, very, very few like select films? Honestly, it looked like more than I thought. <laughs> like uh, I, okay, her IMDb I was more was in, expensive. Like, four films. No, I think it's more extensive than that. Okay, wow. But I think she was only in a few like famous movies where like she was the star. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it boils down to these um, collaborations she did with Frank Tashlin, who did kind of like zany like Billy Wilder style comedies before. Like it's kind of like post Marx Brothers, but like before like I guess the zanier stuff that came later would be like Mel Brooks or like Zaz. Like they're re- really over the top, silly. Lots of jokes, really fast. You know. Um, I watched The Girl Can't Help It, which I feel like gets referenced in John Waters' stuff all the time. Is that what the song was based off yes, of? Yes, uh, okay. the Little Richard song uh, that plays when Divine shoplifts like the whole side of beef in like the grocery yes. store under her dress. That, and um, it was part of that horrendous Fergie remix. <laughs> Can't say I've ever heard that, but I think I'm okay. okay. <laughs> I can get You're by fine. without it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I get the joke in pink flamingos more now because in in the girl can't help it there's this sequence where jane mansfield is in a skin tight animal print dress and she's like strutting down main street or whatever Mm. whatever like city that she's in and every man who like looks at her gets overheated so like uh, the milkman is uh delivering milk and like the milk starts boiling and shoots out like oh that sounds really cool uh so like when John Waters <laughs> redid that gag in Pink Flamingos, people are staring at Divine, but it's for, like, abject horror. <laughs> but it's the same visual gag. Uh, mm-hmm. So I understand the humor more and, like, okay. 
It's also got a lot of rock and roll performances from like Little Richards in it and Fats Domino and a oh, very cool, like, a bunch of bands. So a lot of the audience reaction shots to that look like they influenced Hairspray and like a few other things. Like I, he definitely oh grew God. up with this movie. You can you just tell, you know. But she in it is kind of doing a straight up Marilyn Monroe impersonation in yeah. a way that like it was like cute because it was like this kind of like drag club sexed up like breathy caricature of Marilyn. But it was just like, OK, I can see why you don't have a stronger hold in like the pop culture imagination than that. But then I watched the movie that she did the year later with uh-huh. the same director. It's called uh, Will Success Spoil Rock Hunter. This movie is fucking awesome. <laughs> the Girl Can't Help It has like kind of like a pop art kind of like appeal to it. It's got these beautiful cross lighting, like pinks and blues mm-hmm. moments um, because it's basically like a bunch of like music videos before that was a thing. And Jay Mansfield just like strutting around. But Will Success Spoil Rock Hunter is this like meta joke about her where like she is playing a bombshell actress that everyone is in love with and like can't stop themselves from being excited by and she turns up the marilyn monroe caricature to such an absurd degree where like her inhale sounds like she's orgasming wow she's like, she's like yeah that's really great <gasps> and i think this other thing <gasps> like every time she speaks it's intercut with these like high shrieking orgasmic inhales it's fucking insane that kind of sounds like fun though like it's so good here's the thing i don't dislike marilyn monroe i just don't have this infatuation with her like i like her movies but i've never been put under the spell that she seems to put on everybody so it kind of seems like i will really enjoy the jane mansfield films like this kind of seems more up my alley i think what marilyn monroe does is like hard to pinpoint because like her stock character is someone that plays stupid, but is actually really smart. Yeah. Like she like comes across as a dumb blonde on purpose so that she can get away with stuff. And she's actually like very like on top of her schemes and Jane Mansfield doing that same character in the girl can't help it. I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, that's actually much harder than it looks. <laughs> like it was like, Oh, Marilyn Monroe's actually like very talented at that caricature. Uh, Jane Mansfield is like doing an Im- imitation of it, but in Will Success Spoil Rock Hunter, it is so absurdly over the top. And it's got all these, like, the guy sh- who falls for her in it is an advertising agent. Uh-huh. Um, and because of that, there's a bunch of fake TV ads, like spoofs, that you would expect to see later in, like, 90s or maybe in early, maybe like 70s um, sketch comedies, like Kentucky Fried Movie and stuff like that. The movie just felt very, like, ahead of its time and it's, like, meta humor and its zaniness and... She really became something special and unique in my mind in a way that I've never understood. Well, like I when am, people reference her. I'm intrigued. I definitely recommend it. Are these streaming or did you get these from the library? Um, I got both of them from the library. Okay. I think The Girl Can't Help It just got a Criterion release on Blu-ray. Oh, so it might cool. be on the Criterion channel later. And I get that. Like, th- th- I think that one has more visual panache to it. But... Will Successful or Rock Hunter is just so over the top and fun and like out of control. Like, I, I don't know. It just like really goes off the rails and has a big um, cameo from Groucho Marx at the end to sort of like mark the zaniness. It's kind of like paying tribute to <laughs> the like duck soup chaos cool. that came before it. Well, I'm going to the library this Saturday, so I might 
see if I can get those guys. Because you brought them back, right? I did. Or do you still have them? Okay. I actually got those from a different library system, though. Oh. I, I have a hookup at Howard Tilton. <sighs> okay, damn it. Damn it, damn it. <laughs> but uh, it might be in the New Orleans Public Library. Yeah. I mean, they're old movies. That's true. I'm, I'm going to look on the, the website. Yeah. Cool. Do you go like to different libraries to look for stuff? Because I've been having stuff just like shipped to the library by my house. So um, I typically do because I don't know why. Like there's there's a lot of easier ways that I could do things like yeah. that. I think I just enjoy the thrill of the hunt. And I've got a library card for Orleans and Jeff Parrish. Oh, Jeff Parrish definitely has like a lot of stuff. It's yeah, like their main library on I think it's like on West Metairie. It's like a blockbuster. Yeah. They huge. have like 10 copies of every movie you could think of. Yeah. It's insane. So, yeah, I lived in Metairie about like six years ago, maybe five, six years ago. And I just like never got rid of it. Oh, no, you don't need to like scam them. If you um, yeah. show I'm them. I'm not going to your... go to jail, right? No, no, no. If you show them your Orleans Parish library card, they give you an extra barcode to put on the oh, back God of your bless. card. Okay. I, yeah. I get really nervous and I'm like, oh my God, they're going to catch me. They have like a mutual understanding between those library systems, which is great. <laughs> uh, I don't think you can get Jeff Parish items shipped to your local branch, yeah, but. Which um, is fine. But it's t- totally worth the drive, especially that giant one. Yeah, it's so much fun, and they have the Friends of the Jeff Parrish Library store. And I found like a bunch of funky books. Like I found a books where, uh, like a book where it's like cool couches from the eighties. Oh wow! And it's just a couch book <laughs> for like a dollar. So you never know what you'll find there. Cool. Well, speaking of kitsch, we have a lot of housewives talk to get into. There it is. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> Got it in. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about Denise Richards. I think backwards through time. I think that's how we're going to structure this. So oh, we're going to start with like very good her recent Housewives yes. fame, and then what kind of movies she's been doing lately, <laughs> yes. and then which ones made her famous, and then all the way and back where to where she, she started. Yes, yeah, I think that's... that's a beautiful way to do it. <laughs> okay, we're going through into the Denise Richards time machine. We're going to dial it all the way back. All right, <laughs> buckle up. And all that's coming up to you right, right now. Around here, there's more than just dresses in everyone's closet. The secret to life? Dance like everyone is watching. I won't settle for anything less than everything. Life is an audition, and honey, I am getting that part. You never know what to expect when I'm expecting. Break a leg? Not in these heels, honey. My life may not be a fairy tale, but I'll always get a happy ending. I have been wanting to get Brandon to watch anything like Real Housewives for a very long time. And I know that your only housewife knowledge came from like the soup. I miss the right? soup so much for that. So um, this is where it happens. <laughs> <laughs> I know I knew you like Denise Richards a lot. And Denise Richards is one of the more recent housewives to join the Beverly Hills cast. And she's no longer on the cast for very good reasons, but she was phenomenal. She was like one of my favorite housewives when she started, not just because I loved like her as like an actress, but I thought she brought like a lot of like fun to the show. Um, I don't know, like just like seeing her face compared to all these other women would just like always make me laugh because they try so hard to be extra glamorous and gorgeous and she shows up in like a t-shirt and jeans with no makeup and she's hotter than all of them put together (laughs) like braided pigtails yeah Yeah. so i wanted to pick three episodes from her seasons on the real housewives seasons nine and ten that really kind of show who she is 
and like her impact on the show and her journey through the show. So the first one that I selected is from season nine and season nine is where she kind of enters into the housewives world. And this was a boring season besides her because the big fight for this season involved like a dog named Lucy, Lucy, apple juice. What? (laughs) So Lisa Vanderpump has a dog rescue and Dorit Kimsley, whose husband is PK uh, Boy George's manager. So there's a lot of culture club oh, I, performances. I saw them go to a Boy George concert for Boy some George reason. Boy George pops up randomly and he'll like walk into like Dorit's like mansion and be like, huh, what a dump. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and they do like surprise like Boy George like pop up shows. It's bizarre. Well, Dorit adopts Lucy Lucy Apple Juice. And s- the big scandal is that she bit one of the kids and then Dorit gave the dog to someone and the dog ended up going to a shelter. And then Lisa Vanderpump found out and got pissed. So the whole season revolved around Lucy, Lucy, apple juice and like everybody was getting bored with it. But this was also Denise Richards season. And she brought life to it because she is very like, I don't know. She's very relaxed about everything that happens. Yeah. She'll say something very like matter of fact, especially about sex. Yes. And then, like, it takes people, like, 30 seconds to respond to it. They're like, wait, what did you just say? (laughs) So, season nine, it's, like, her just, like, watching Aaron, her husband, work out. And he's, like, this, like, himbo. And we'll get into him a little later. A spectacular idiot. Yes. And she just talks about, like, you know, how they're just fucking left and right. You know? And it's, it's very funny. So, the first episode is Grilling Me Softly, season nine, episode 13. And this is very important because this is like one of the most iconic Denise Richards moments because on this episode, she just blurts out in a casual conversation around like a barbecue pit campfire that she likes a happy ending. That's not how it starts. It starts with her saying that she wanted her husband, the spectacular idiot, to have one, to have one and like went on a hunt for a massage parlor that would give her husband a happy ending the best image in my mind is denise and aaron crawling around los angeles (laughs) looking for a happy ending (laughs) the scuzziest (laughs) massage parlor they could find but then they start grilling her about it and she's like what i like happy endings too and they're like you've paid someone to do that for you she's like yeah you know like very very chill and the the women are like flipping like fish out of water and going what denise And she's, she's just like, trying to oh, eat okay. her hamburger. Yeah. She's, <laughs> and that's also a fun part of this is like nobody knows how to cook a hamburger on a grill. Oh, God. They leave the plastic on it. They don't. They're Instead of like putting oil on the grill, they're putting oil on the burgers. Another funny thing. I think it was either Dorit or Erica Jane. I, honestly, in this first episode, it took me a long time to get the blondes all separated. Yeah. But one of them was like talking about prostate play with their ex. Oh, that's actually Camille Grammer. Oh, that's right. Because I was trying to figure out if uh, Frasier was into uh, ass oh, play. no. <laughs> <laughs> if only it was him. It's not him. But she mentions it like multiple times. She talks about like, like... I just, you know, put it up there. They like the, you know, massage. Yeah. And then there's another one where they're rock climbing and she has like the harness on around her waist. And she's oh, like, yeah. oh, this is familiar. I've, I've worn one of these before. God, Camille. She's great. <laughs> so Camille was on the earlier seasons... And it's really, you see how horrible Kelsey Grammer was to her. Like, he was a total dipshit. Oh, he was on the show? Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. But, okay, it was just funny to me that she talked about that, which I think is probably less 
common in that world of and like they did not freak out no they were like much. very matter of fact because they probably it. all do it to their husbands <laughs> cal richards would disagree she was not into that <laughs> her own mauricio he probably gets that all the time oh that guy's an even bigger idiot somehow mauricio yes he's just okay so he's stoned right he's stoned all the time okay. so mauricio is my favorite house husband <laughs> he is the funnest guy in the world i think that it's the kind of person that you're around all the time you're like that guy's just stone that's why he's so goofy but i feel like if you met him sober you would be like oh my god he just is that dumb <laughs> <laughs> he just happens to live a life of luxury where he gets to be high all the time yeah high and half naked the agency that's um he's um a real estate agent oh wow yeah so kyle richards her sister is kathy hilton who okay. is Paris Hilton's mom. Got it. So Mauricio was in business with Rick Hilton. Okay. Um, And then he kind of broke off and did his own thing. So just in case you were wondering. He's the one that um is the most invested in Denise Richards' husband's idiocy. Because <laughs> he's stoned. And if you're high with the shit that this guy's talking about, it's Sounds everything. Legit. Yeah. <laughs> so this is um the happy ending episode. And it's also funny to see these women who like, they don't eat, but they're cooking so much food. They buy $700 worth of groceries. And when they cook, they're making like 10, 15 hamburgers, these massive steaks. And no one's eating. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they do eat, they show like Erica Jane putting cheese Whiz on a cracker and eating pumpkin pie. And be like, <laughs> pumpkin pie for breakfast. <laughs> I'm a rebel. They also disappear one at a time to each go get a personal massage. <laughs> so they're always like one housewife yes. short of a full... <laughs> <laughs> because they're camping right that's what happens you go camping you for, go one get <laughs> for one night for one night and it keeps seeming like they're gonna go on this like hike into the wilderness but they just <laughs> keep going to these like different stations where there's like activities set up for them to do like children like beer pong yeah <laughs> um so yeah so that i wanted you to see because that's kind of the, you know fun sexy denise and she, this is where she gets her tagline for the next season i did notice that yeah yes. <laughs> it's great the taglines are my favorite i always get my happy ending <laughs> yes. the next episode that i picked is um first impressions true confessions season 10 episode three so in this episode denise has um had a surgery for her multiple hernias because she's fucking Aaron left and right so that's probably why she got her hernia she like powerlifting him while they yes, have sex absolutely <laughs> so <laughs> Denise is like recovering and Kyle is coming home from filming um, Halloween Kills so she's been out of town for a while I listen to this horror podcast called um, yeah. Lords of Darkness who are obsessed with Real Housewives um, actually just this week they put out a Real Housewives episode just coincidentally mm. <laughs> Where all they talked about was... Which one? All of them. They, they just kind of did it. this general conversation about it. <gasps> I'm going to have to listen to that. But uh, they were also obsessed with the new Halloween movie, even though they, they hated the film, but because Kyle Richards was filming it and she had bangs in it. So they called it Halloween Bangs. <laughs> <laughs> and they just kept referencing it over and over and over again, even though they did not like the movie. So this season, like Kyle, like all kinds of shit, like her bangs get cut and she's like i did it for halloween kills and then she gets a nose job because she heard her she injured her nose on the set of halloween kills no, she did not like it's crazy <laughs> like she keeps looping it back to halloween kills <laughs> so kyle comes home and just starts rolling around on the floor with all of her dogs and like kissing them on the mouth and like mauricio's just staring at her because he's stoned um and he's been kind of manning the fort while she's not there and what Kyle wants to do is have this, like, welcome back 
to my home dinner and she invites all the ladies. So the cast has shifted since season nine. So we've got Denise Richards, Avi, Kyle Richards. Whoa. Um, <laughs> Dorit Kimsley, Garcelle Beauvais has joined this season and she's awesome. She's one of the best additions to like Real Housewives ever. She's awesome, but other people interacting with her, like, blacken up their dialect when they talk to her sometimes. Like Lisa Rinna. really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So Lisa Rinna's there. But Lisa Rinna always kind of is just super loud and obnoxious and, like, throws her <laughs> legs up. And um, Sutton Strack, who you are not a fan of, right? I thought she was highly annoying, yes. She's hor- <laughs> she is horrible this season, but she makes a comeback in season 11. She brought up, like, a lot of my issues with the show. Too, mm-hmm. which was just like these people don't know each other socially anymore like maybe in the early seasons of the show they did mm-hmm. but at this point it's just like it reminds me of like how boy bands are put together by like a producer mm-hmm. it's just like why are you having dinners with each other every night you fucking hate each other oh, you yeah. annoy the shit out of each so, other so i can watch and enjoy <laughs> so there's <laughs> sutton and then teddy mellencamp who's like becoming a drag she's so boring she kept crying she's pregnant Oh, yeah, that is pretty boring. Yeah. <laughs> Sutton rolling her eyes at like, oh, and I met you and I thought you were so boring and you're pregnant. Ugh. <laughs> I was like, I kind of get that. It was so funny. <laughs> and then, of course, Erica Jane. So that's our ladies this season. Erica Jane threw me off because they kept showing clips of her in concert wearing these like Beyonce style, like bedazzled one piece outfits on the stage. And they seemed like pretty sizable music venues. And I was just like, how is it possible that there's a pop star in the show who I've never heard of in my entire life. Because um, <laughs> she pays like millions of dollars to put a production on. She pays like 50 grand a month to have a glam squad. And her glam squad like travels first class with her everywhere. Wow. Okay. And she makes no money. <laughs> like that's the thing is like she'll play these. She plays like a lot of like pride festivals and things like that. And she'll like play like one or two songs because she only has one or two songs. And then like, that's it. It's like a long term vanity project. I would pay so much money to see her, though. That's the thing. Yeah. And I'm sure it's a lot of like gay middle aged men going to watch her be a mess a little bit. Yes. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Um, her One of her I think her albums and her book, her autobiography is called Pretty Mess. There you go. Just FYI. I want to, I'm curious. So I think Erica Jane and Dorit's fashion is like so phenomenal to me, especially their confessional looks. They look like drag queens. Who was the one in like the dynasty outfit? That was Erica like, Jane. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Those two I had a hard time keeping apart because they kept blowing out their hair in the, um, <laughs> the like confessionals. Yeah. Um, so that they looked like a completely so different fucking there's person. There's a look that Dorit has in the confessionals where she has like a leather cap. Yes. <laughs> and straight hair. And it's one of my favorite looks. And the the, the dynasty Erica Jane. Oh, so good. So they're all at this dinner. And the thing is, these women like are just known for getting plastered. And then Kyle, when Kyle gets really drunk, she'll just start doing splits everywhere. And like Lisa Renna will kick up her legs and like start popping bottles and things like that the fireball comes out fireball fireball (laughs) yeah 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 dessert is fireball (laughs) so they're all sitting at this dinner table and they play a game where it's like okay let's go around the table and everyone tell us what your first impression is of everybody let's reverse engineer a microaggression so someone can get mad about something (laughs) it's so good (laughs) and mauricio is super stoned 
And Mauricio, Kyle's husband, is sitting next to Aaron, who is Denise's husband. And this is where we get to understand Aaron. So he wasn't much of a character on the show before this? Not really. Okay. He was just kind of like, oh, wow, look at that rib guy. But the thing is, too, is like he's also like a good husband to her and like a good like father to her kids. Because this poor woman was like married to Charlie Sheen and he put her through like pure hell. Yeah, that does suck. And it seems like her public persona is pretty bifurcated, like pre-Charlie Sheen and post-Charlie Sheen. Exactly, which is horrible. Um, But he's super supportive of her. Like, I think he's a good husband. He's just a weird dude. This is definitely like the first episode we watched, um, the the (laughs) barbecue in the woods. Uh, (laughs) She definitely plays herself as like the most like down to earth, like normal person in the cast. And then this dinner reveals just how fucking weird Hollywood people her and her husband are. Yeah. It gets really strange really fast. So she's kind of, she had this like surgery for a hernia and she's healing using this weird machine. Like, I don't understand anything he's saying, but it's like electromagnetic, blah, blah, blah. Light and sound therapy is what he advertises. I know he does crystal healing. (laughs) Yes. So he does that kind of stuff. Holistic medicine. Holistic. So then he starts (laughs) talking to everyone at the dinner table about what he does. And it is one of the best moments in Beverly Hills history. I like rewound this so many times just to look at everyone's face. He starts kind of talking. He's like, so I can't, I can't, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this. I mean, we're being followed. We're being followed. So we have to be very careful. I probably shouldn't say this because we're being followed. And Denise is like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're being followed on the way here. (laughs) Yeah. They're, um, paranoid that big pharma is trying to uh, like assassinate them for like revealing that cancer is totally treatable with like light and sound and crystals or or cancer is good for you oh yeah (laughs) well it's like yeah the the cancer is like your body crying out for help or something and you just have to train it or something like that so then he starts talking about like how he grew up by this like nuclear facility and then he started studying atoms and he's like you know there's so much space right and then mauricio's like oh yeah lots of space (laughs) the two of them with a podcast would be a fascinating adventure oh my god i would love it so much and mauricio's just nodding with his eyes like glazed over like whoa like what the fuck and then aaron starts like talking about all that and then lisa renna's like what do you think about the common colds (laughs) Lisa Rinna, like, her lips just get bigger and bigger because she's, like, pursing them out in, like, confusion while she's listening to him. And her husband, who is Harry, Harry Hamlin. A murderer. I've been watching a lot of Veronica Mars. Oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Not in real life. Well, yeah. Well, Lisa Rinna and Harry Hamlin were the parents of yeah. Veronica Mars. Okay. Sweet. I forgot about that until you mentioned it. Should I cut that out? Is that, like, an out-of-nowhere Veronica no, Mars spoiler? No, this is good. This is good. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Lisa loves him and she always calls him Harry Hamlin. Like, hey, Harry Hamlin. (laughs) It's insane. So they're all kind of going around, you know, at the table. They're like, what the fuck is going on? And like Sutton's like, that's when you tap your husband on the knee. You're like, hey, shut up. And Garcelle's like, what is happening here? Like, this is wild. And Erica's like, all right. Like, I think everyone is just like, what is happening? So that's kind of like the, the big dinner party episode where you get to kind of really understand her relationship with him. And this whole season is a lot of 
them being followed, the paparazzi, or people taking pictures of them. Wow. Like, there's a lot of those moments. Denise and her husband specifically? Yeah. Okay. And this is kind of where her husband is more prominent in this season because Denise holds a party at her house and she has ice sculptures of diamonds. And then Kyle's like, oh, well, when did Denise get all glam? And has all these, like, diamonds and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> and then Denise is like, what are you it's talking about? It's literally water. <laughs> right. So they kind of, like, give her a hard time. Like, oh, she's changed. Like, you know, she used to be cool Denise. And now she's, like, glam. And um, the women start talking about threesomes and stuff like that. And Denise is kids and her friends are there. And they overhear the women talking about threesomes. Specifically, this woman is famous for mocking a threesome in a film, which we will talk about later. Exactly. But like, that's like one of the number one things she's associated with. So Kyle hosts a party and there's like stuff for kids to play with and all this stuff. And Denise and Aaron show up without their kids. And they're like, why didn't you bring your kids? You don't think it's safe because we, t- you know, we, we talked about threesomes that one time. Like, look at you. Like you pose nude in Playboy. And then they have this huge thing and they kind of like mom shame her. Because they think she's mom shaming them. And at the end of the day, it's like Garcelle is like the voice of reason in so many of these situations. She's like, it's her kids. She could do what the fuck she wants with her kids. And they get super pissed off and then they leave. And then Lisa Renna chases after them barefoot with this like dress. And she's like, Denise, Denise, wait, wait. And then Denise and Aaron are like, we're not dealing with this. We're going to get a steak at a strip club. I watched that clip. (laughs) (laughs) Because that episode I did not watch in full, but I watched this like so good JFK level conspiracy explainer <laughs> okay. about why they were mad at her this season. Because I could not fully grasp the offense. Uh, it's bizarre. But I did watch the clip where she's like, "We're so pissed off. We're gonna leave and just get a steak and go to a strip club." <laughs> so like they're arguing so hard that like they're not an open couple. And they wouldn't entertain the idea of having a threesome, but we're going to go <laughs> hang out with strippers together. And then, of course, Lisa Rinna's big mouth runs back and is like, it's like the Twilight Zone and immediately tells everybody. I missed that part, but I did see her like excited to tell them. She's like running back to the party like, this is so fucking weird. Yes. <laughs> to herself. <laughs> so that kind of happens. And Aaron gets more involved because he's getting like defensive of Denise. And then he kind of speaks up which i mean he probably should just shut up because it's not his business none of the husbands should have any say about anything that happens oh, on the show no be mauricio yeah jesus christ get stoned take your shirt off hang <laughs> <Please>. out <laughs> oh god i love him so much pants are also optional in mauricio's <laughs> <Yes>. wardrobe <laughs> so aaron gets like in an aggressive conversation with erica jane and she is not having it and then she's like, yeah, you better back up and gets super pissed off. So that's kind of like what's happening. So that's all boiling up. And that's leading us into the last episode that I suggested, which is there's no place like Rome. Season 10, episode 13. This is where all this comes to a boiling point. And then on top of all that this shit, a rumor comes out. And what happens in this episode, like is what causes her to leave the show. So all the women go to Rome. They're having a fabulous time in Rome. And there is a rumor going around from Miss Brandy Glanville, who was on earlier seasons. And she's just a shit starter. And she just wants to get back on the show. This is exactly why she did this. Exactly. 
So Brandy randomly shows up. This is a few episodes prior to this to Kyle's house with Kyle's sister, Kim and Teddy's there. And then she basically says like, Oh yeah, me and Denise had sex. And I totally thought it was okay. Cause she said that her and Aaron were in an open marriage, but then I found out that they weren't. And she's like, yeah, don't tell Aaron anything. And I just like feel violated. So then she starts like this rumor and they're like, Oh my God, like what do we do with this information? Oh my God. Why do you care? Exactly. I could never get to the bottom of exactly. that. That's what I was scratching at the whole time. Like, like, who gives a shit? Okay, she had sex with a lady one time. So then the thing is, they bring they bring it to Rome. Also, they had a clip of Aaron saying to them that I don't mind if my wife has sex with women. Yeah. At a party. Like, so it literally there's no reason to care. Exactly. So they're in Rome, and then they basically, Denise finds out that, everyone's talking about this while she's there and it's like literally everyone is a dick to her except garcelle like they all kind of are like well we just don't know like what to believe and blah blah and it sucks and I f- you feel bad for her because like her and lisa renna have been friends since like melrose place like yeah. years and years like, and she has great relationships with all these women and she's like hey why do y'all care and it didn't happen was and why don't y'all trust melrose me? place mm-hmm. oh I don't know that. I think she was like maybe in a ep- like she wasn't a main cast okay. person. That makes sense. Um, I, I looked up one of the actors in one of the movies we watched later on, and um, he was like on hundreds of episodes of Melrose Place. Oh, well, there we go. And I, I recognize the guy, but <laughs> so you know, she's basically like, "That's not true." Brandy's lying, and the thing is, is who cares if it's true or not? But also, like, if your friend is telling you this, and if she's as sexually open as Denise Richards is, like, I obviously she's telling the truth like and if and who cares like that's like the main point so teddy becomes this i fucking hate teddy mellencamp in this season because she's like the one that's like well i thought you didn't talk to brandy now you're saying you're talking to brandy it's like teddy no one cares about you i forgot she was even on the show because she's so boring and this is like what she's trying to do to stir shit and it's just, you feel, like, so claustrophobic for her because you're in a foreign country. She can't get a flight early enough to leave. And, like, all everyone's, like, basically, like, well, are you telling the truth? I think you're lying. And it's so obnoxious. And, like, the only person that's, like, shut up and, like, support your friend is Garcelle Beauvais. Yeah. Um, so thank God for her. So this literally blows up to the point where... You can't say bravo while you're being filmed. I saw this clip too, yeah. And Denise is like, bravo, 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 fucking bravo. So then they stop filming. But every time she does that, um, they just kept rolling. They're like, oh, this is too good. I can't get... Exactly. And this is where, like, one of... The fourth wall doesn't get broken a lot in these shows where, like, they don't say... Like, you don't hear... Sometimes you'll hear a producer or something like that, but it doesn't happen often. And that's like the first time like something like that aired at this capacity. She broke kayfabe. Um, exactly. <laughs> and I think like they have essentially like bullied her off. Um, and she left for good reason. Like I was kind of like happy for her. I was happy that she entertained us. It's kind of like, you know, thank you for blessing us with your presence right. for as long as you did. But, you know, she has fucking kids and a family. So like... For her to, like, go through, like, seasons and being dragged through the mud for something so dumb and, like, have to, like, explain that to your children who, like, whose, like, friends are going to talk about it and your friends and family, like, it's not worth it. And she's already got a strained relationship with one of her daughters right now. Yeah. I don't know. I I get it. This show cannot pay that well to be worth that much shit. (laughs) Yeah. 
So that is essentially like the story of Denise and Housewives. And something I want to mention too is like what I like about Denise is that like she's such an authentic and like genuine person and like a very good parent. So she had her two her two daughters with Charlie Sheen and dealt with that insanity. And when she was single, she adopted um, Eloise and Eloise has like a disability. So like she raised this child as like a single mother and like she does all kinds of like charity work, especially for animals. She has a lot of like really good like humane society uh, philanthropy and things like that. So she's just like a, a genuinely chill person and it just like sucked to see like everyone be an ass to her. So I'm very excited to celebrate Denise. <laughs> it today. also just felt like very manufactured drama. Like they don't have a reason to care. And it yeah. leans into the worst aspect of the show to me, which is like these microaggressions that they have to spin out into a big deal. Like because you there's said, nothing. You said something slightly worded wrong three weeks ago, and I'm still dealing with yep. the fallout. I'm still processing. They say processing a lot. Uh, and it's like there's nothing to process. Lisa Renna <laughs> says that a lot. I'm processing. Yeah. So the thing is, Beverly Hills was on the downfall because like everyone was bored with it. Like I told you, Lucy, Lucy, apple juice, boring. Right. And then this is like the the big thing in this season is like Denise might have slept with Brandy Glanville. Who gives a shit? It was boring. Like they were doing so bad. And kind of what saved them is um, whenever Erica Jane's husband got arrested and like she was potentially <laughs> going to go to jail. Have people been arrested on camera like during the show? Oh, yeah. That's um, so the most recent thing that happened is uh, Jen Shaw of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Um, got arrested in a sprinter van on their way to Vail <laughs> for a girl's trip wow. by the FBI. Holy shit. Yeah. So, and they got to air the footage. Exactly. So this happens a lot in these shows. <laughs> and the reason is, is like people will go on that and they flaunt their wealth. And then everyone's like, wait, what do you do again? <laughs> and then they're like, huh, how do you have all this? How do Rich you afford all so this? Rich <laughs> Yeah. So like they flaunt all their wealth and then like the FBI, like someone from the FBI has to watch these shows. And they're like, all right, watch that season of Housewives and let me know who looks suspicious. And then they're like, yeah, they're doing some shady shit. Let's put them in jail. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it happens a lot. But Brandon, I feel like I've been babbling on. <laughs> how did you like the taste into... The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I miss the soup. <laughs> <laughs> I miss seeing the clips of like, like on the soup, I would have seen the happy ending thing yeah. without sitting through the hamburger dinner afterwards oh. <laughs> where they argued about some microaggression that I don't even remember anymore because, you know, my brain has been overtaken by threesome. I think PK pissed off somebody. At a Boy George concert. <laughs> But uh, yeah, there's like, I understand on the macro level how yeah. these women are chaotic enough that you will get <laughs> real genuine reactions out of people that like break through the artifice of the show. Yeah. So like, I like professional wrestling, which I think is probably the closest thing yeah. to this that I can name that I watch where it's like super artificial Everyone is playing a heightened version of themselves, which is very true to this show as well. Mm -hmm. But there is an element of realness to it. And like real things happen that you have to like read between the lines of the artifice to see. And like it's always stunning in wrestling when something like so real happens and like so authentic 
that like you feel it emotionally or it's funny. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens on these shows. Like these women get into fights or they say something ridiculous out of the chaos of the drunken bickering that they do mm-hmm. for most of the time. They're always wasted. What I don't enjoy is the dinners. Them sitting down and arguing about the nothingness nothing <laughs> for like, okay, it feels like I, half the episode. And I love, I think that's what, what makes it for me. Oh, and then they flash back to previous versions of, of the more same dinners? argument from like episodes I ago. I like to watch like, they always have a private chef that does their thing. Like Bravo for Housewives is big about like making sure like when they order like filming the food, filming what they order. Like that's a huge thing of what they do. Like so a lot of housewives you get to like really see what they're eating or what's in front of them that they're supposed to be eating. Yeah. Um and I think for this dinner episode there was like the the porcini mushroom latte. Do you yeah. remember that? I think about that a lot. I like the wealth porn. Like that works. A lot yeah. of it's gaudy and not cool. Oh, <laughs> like, it's so trashy. That's why I didn't like Sutton. Like her bragging about her couture looks and like she's like, who wears off the rack? And all these women wear off the <laughs> rack. The Everyone thing, wears off the what's rack. What's so funny is like, I think one of the best dress on here is like Erica Jane, and she's like, yeah, I don't have any couture. She wears like, uh, I'm not thinking. I'm thinking of Dorit. Dorit wears a lot Dorit's of like too. disposable like fast fashion stuff. Yeah, and she looks great. Yeah, she looks like a weird dominatrix from like 20 years ago. <laughs> And she, like, Dorit's accent is, like, the most mysterious thing. I can't pinpoint it. No. She's from Connecticut, but she tries to, like, have this work. She's like, I just traveled all over the world with PK. <laughs> and it's like, wait, is this French or British? It's or- vaguely European, <laughs> it's for just, sure. She tries to sound European. But, yeah, I would appreciate the show more in clips than, like. Yeah. Understood. The, the, the individual, like, dramatic push of each season being stretched out so hard it was just like really hard for me to listen to the same argument for so long i think but i did watch it was boring seasons i did watch more than you told me to too oh, so i did God. it to myself because i was trying to get to the bottom of why they were mad <laughs> and it was like impossible to, to like stupid. get straight yeah but you know the, the strip club and steak moment great the happy ending <laughs> thing fantastic it's just like more effort than yeah. it's worth to get to those moments, I think. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's just good moments in here that I think you would enjoy. Like, every now and then, like, like Harry Hamill will make a homely, like, bolognese and everyone comes over <laughs> and eats. Or he'll, like, make a blueberry pie fresh. Yeah, do they ever get along? Like, do they have, like, a happy dinner where, like, oh, yeah. they don't argue? There's a lot of them. Like, this is just a weird season. Yeah. It just so happens is Denise Richards' this season, unfortunately. <sighs> yeah, I mean, Seasons. I feel bad for her. Yeah. In that, I don't think she was like being 100% honest, but I don't think she owes this yeah. show that. No. Either. No. And honestly, like as soon as she was visibly uncomfortable with them talking about her sex life, they should have just dropped it. Oh, I know. I felt so bad. Like when she started crying, and it's like, just Leave shut her alone. up. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like when I was a teenager and reality TV was first like taking off, like it was going beyond the real world and then becoming like something Jersey Shore territory. much trashier. Yeah. Yeah. Bad Girls Club and stuff like that. <laughs> what was the the Paris Hilton one where she traveled around with Nicole? Oh, The Simple Life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love The Simple Life. I just didn't watch... Kyle Richards is in the first episode of The Simple Life. Of course Life. she is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't watch a lot of that stuff at the time, and I would have been much snobbier about it. Like, yeah. oh, this is like trash TV. And we even did a whole reality TV... Movie. Movie episode yeah. recently. We watched the fucking real Cancun. <laughs> I don't want to s- sound like I'm still stuck in that mindset as I was in the early 2000s. Because yeah. I watch... A lot of stuff like this now. It's just I have to have a dramatic purpose that is not 
just them arguing. Yeah. So I watch a lot of Project Runway and like uh, the drag race offshoots and like things where there's like an art project, mostly fashion at the center. But the entertainment value is still the same thing. It's still eccentric personalities who clash against each other, being contained to a space with very little sleep, often too much alcohol, and then being just like set loose to like aggravate the shit out of each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the same thing. It's just like if I don't have the uh, pretty dress that they all collaborated on at the end, I'm just like, what are we even doing here? here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I never fully shook that. So I'm not going to keep watching. (laughs) If you do want to get an understanding, like, I would recommend just watching, like, the reunions at the end of every season because they just flash back on every important thing. And then they, like, they talk about it with Andy Cohen as the host. And he's super fun. Is he, like, the showrunner or something? I saw his name in the credits. Okay. Yeah. He's, like, he is the Bravo king. (laughs) <laughs> what a small little fiefdom. I mean, this is like the most popular show, I'm guessing. I yeah. could feel this show's influence on um, the office women that I work with, though. Because we recently went to this bar uh, to celebrate a co-worker who like, had gotten a new job. Uh-huh. Um, so it was like her final night. And we all went to this like rooftop bar that had like maybe yes. five other people in it. So housewives. And... I was, like, mortified by how loud and, like, wooey we were being, like, immediately. It was just, like, I'd never go into a space trying to, like, take it over, you know? Like, I want to be, like, respectful of, like, literally we outnumbered the other people I was, like, worried about, like, disturbing. (laughs) So I don't know why I was concerned about that. But, like, watching this show, like, basically what they do is they go to bars, they go to, like, restaurants, and they just obnoxiously take over the whole room. I was just like, oh, this is what you're supposed to do when you go out. Like, you're supposed to, like, emulate this <laughs> kind I, of, like, party girl. I'm telling you, like, I don't know what it is, but, like, that, what you just explained empowers me so much as a woman. <laughs> and I feel like every time, like, I go out and I get nervous, I, like, housewives up. Like, I have, like, a Lisa Rinna spirit on one end, and I have, like, Countess Luann De La Seps and all my all my <laughs> women just, like, lifting me up. And I don't know, like, it's, I love it. I would recommend, it's a, it's one of the longest ones, <laughs> but I really feel like you would like The Real Housewives of New Jersey. Okay. I, it is so much fun. I like it to think so of uh, Chalmette as the New Jersey of New Orleans, so it's, I can uh, <laughs> yes. relate. I feel like you would really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, they're always like making sauce and um, there's a, like a lot of uh, violent fights, but in a fun family way. I do feel like I learned a lot about Denise Richards too. So yes, so on a personal I, which level. is the purpose of this episode is yeah. like this is we're gonna learn about Denise. You got to get into the Housewives universe, thank you. And then now we're gonna like talk about her essentially like pivotal moments in her film career by movies that kind of represent each phase. <laughs> this is gonna be great. Where did you grow up? Illinois. You did? I did. You like a farm girl? Kind of, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> From the Midwest. And wh- were you popular in high school? Were you like the pretty no. cheerleader girl? You I were not? I no. love when I ask the gorgeous women this and they all lie. <laughs> Every one of you say, oh no, I had no dates, no one liked me. No, I was never nominated for like homecoming, prom queen. Really? My nickname in junior high was Fish Lips. I had a ski jump nose and so now, you know, my sweet revenge is hopefully these girls are getting collagen injections in their lips. 
I was kind of confused about what Denise Richards has been doing with herself lately, like professionally, especially on Housewives. Like she keeps saying she's going to film stuff. Like I'm going to set. I'm like, I haven't seen you in a movie in 20 years. I don't know what you're going yeah. to film. I did look up her IMDb. I did notice that she's on like hundreds of episodes of The Bold and the Beautiful, which yeah. is perfect for her. Like, yeah. This era of her life, she needs to be on soap operas. I don't watch those personally, so I didn't know she was doing it, but like, good for her. That's like a perfect fit. Another good fit for her, I thought when we sort of just like randomly picked a new title, was the Lifetime movie. Like, yes. That's a good place for her. It is. Um, it unlocked, I think, an entire subgenre of Lifetime movies about cheerleaders that I did not know existed. Cheerleader moms. <laughs> and cheerleader moms, yes. Did you notice... That every single movie we pick today, she is either a cheerleader or a cheerleader's mom. In every <laughs> single one. You're this was right. not planned. I did not think about that. <laughs> so, real housewife, fake cheerleader. <laughs> and then cheerleader mom. Yes. Fake cheerleader mom. So, the first one we picked out sort of randomly oh, was yeah. The Secret Lives of Cheerleaders from 2019 on Lifetime. Yes, where on the cover, her face is on it. And she's, like, the first person to be credited for the movie. Right? And she's barely in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kept going, she's going to come back, right? Right? <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, her most iconic roles as a teenager, I'm thinking specifically of, like, Drop Dead Gorgeous and maybe Wild Things, too. But, like, Wild Things. I think she plays a cheerleader a lot as a kid. I'm specifically thinking of in Drop Dead Gorgeous, like, oh yeah, her mom is, like, this overly ambitious you know, former beauty queen who like pushes her like daughter to become yeah. the uh the like top of the food chain in her high school. And then it's like now she's playing the mom character instead. Like she took over Christy Alley's yes. like archetype. <laughs> which is perfect. Like this is yeah. this is really good casting. Why did the secret lives of cheerleaders jump out to you? And well, what'd you think of it? <laughs> oh my God. So <laughs> I think it's interesting because I think that we both must have watched it at the same time because you had texted me and you're like, I don't think that this is what we thought it was going to be, but I think I found something that we thought this would be. Yeah. So we ended up watching two Lifetime movies. And she's a cheerleader mom in both. Yes. <laughs> so in this one, she's not the bad guy. Like you think like she's going to be like the crazy person in this movie, but all she's just the mom. And she like kind of has like maybe a handful of lines, but like, Oh, this was such a cringy movie to watch, but in a very funny way, like when they're doing so, like, basically, there's a girl who's at high school and she tries out for the cheer squad. And then they play this super weird, like generic pop song. And then she's like doing all these like huh, 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 dance moves. And then everyone's like, whoa, <laughs> I like her uh, dramatic, like dance and cheer are two entirely different worlds. Like, uh, it's, like, so overly dramatic about the difference about the skill set of, like, dance squad and cheerleading not... Um, they just don't coexist. Yeah. So, this movie, like, the bad guy is, like, the head cheerleader. So, she's, like, a mean girl who, like, is basically trying to haze these, like, new cheerleaders who want to join the squad that involves Denise Richards as a daughter who's, like, trying out to be um, a cheerleader. A line that really made me laugh is the the mean head cheerleader girl, whose name I forget because it's not memorable, is like, are you a lioness? Then show your fangs. <laughs> because they're like the lioness cheer squad. I thought that was super funny. Also, she's kind of hitting on her, right? Like, it's like 
Yeah, there's wild kind of things a little bit. Like there's a moment where like they're in the bathroom and she's like kind of filling her body up and stuff. It's very bizarre. So in this cheer squad, like it becomes like saw a little bit, but a mild <laughs> version of it where these girls are like put in a cage with a lock and then smoke starts coming and it's like are you gonna get out in time? And they're like, okay, we have to get out of this. We have to pick the lock with a hairpin. And then they get out, and then the head cheerleader, like seniors, come out with these like animal masks. Uh, it's a lion, a tiger, and a bear. Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> it's just so bizarre. But the whole, still, the whole time, I'm like, this is cool, I guess. Where's Denise? Yeah, she kind of pressures her kid into trying out, but. She's really hands-off after that. She's just kind of around. I will say that the relationship between the head cheerleader and um, Denise Richards' daughter in the movie reminds me a little bit of, like, Nomi Malone with, like, Gina Gershon's character in Showgirls. Okay. A little bit, like, how at first it's like, I'm going to be your mentor. Right. But I also hate you because I don't want you to take my thunder. Yeah. And I'm going to destroy you. (laughs) (laughs) Why is Denise Richards not in Showgirls? That's the real tragedy here. Oh, God. (laughs) Would have been perfect. Would have. Um, So, I mean, that's the gist of this film. I don't think there's any any much more to say about it. It's like a hazing ritual scare film. It's like trying to like... I think this is the thing. It's supposed to be for like mothers and daughters to watch together. Yes. And it's like kind of an issue film because it's like hazing is like scary. And also, like, there's a moment where it's like, we're going to film you on live and you have to take off all your clothes and all the boys in the football team are going to see you naked. Like, I think that's like a, yeah, like, mom, hey, don't give in to peer pressure. Right. Like, these girls are doing. Be like the girl who's like, no, this isn't right. But something I've heard you talk about with Lifetime movies before is that you, like, you used to watch the old ones with your mom yes. like, in the 90s, right? Yes. So is it just me or have these, like, completely lost any of their, like, danger and like transgression because like there's an idea of danger an idea of violence so yeah. like you have those torture porn scenes in this and then later um we watched another one where denise richards actually is more hands-on in the villainy <laughs> but like nothing really bad happens no it's like there's like a placeholder for violence some i don't want to say all current lifetime movies are mild like this one but in the 90s, they would go f- super far. The Betty Broderick movie we watched oh, yeah. was like way more spicy. A than lot this. of times in films like this, like somebody's dead. Like I have watched so many Lifetime cheerleader movies where like someone killed her. Oh, we got to talk about the cheerleader movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be a f- another great episode on its own because there's um, the one with Tori Spelling where she's a cheerleader who gets yes. murdered. There's a lot of like, I'm going to kill the cheerleader movies or like cheerleader gets raped, murdered. Or the cheerleader kills somebody or frames somebody. I didn't know this was like a long going phenomenon, but um, I noticed that both of the movies we picked today were part of triple features uh, <laughs> on Lifetime. So like they made them three at a time, which yeah. kind of shows on how cheap and like kind of nothing they are <laughs> individually. But like Secret Lives of Cheerleaders was part of the Cheer Rally Kill series, which included <laughs> the titles Undercover Cheerleader and The Cheerleader Escort. And then um, the other one we're talking about was part of the Fear the Cheer series, which included Dying to Be a Cheerleader and Killer Cheerleader. And then I found other movies not associated with either one that were called Death of a Cheerleader, Who is Killing the Cheerleaders, and The Cheerleader Murders. 
That's fucking insane. So Lifetime gets on these kicks. So there's the, che- <laughs> the cheerleader situation. But we've talked about this too, where they've done like the killer grandma stuff. Psycho granny. Psycho granny, killer granny. Like there's a lot of that yeah. going on. And home invasion kind of stuff as well. I did find two from the 90s that were made for TV. I don't know if they ever aired on Lifetime, but um, there's this real life lady, Wanda Holloway, that may have killed some cheerleaders. <laughs> and... Uh, she had two movies based on her alleged crimes. Uh, one was the positively true adventures of the alleged Texas cheerleader murdering mom starring Holly Hunter. <laughs> oh my God. And Why the other was called uh, willing to kill the Texas cheerleader story starring Leslie Ann Warren. <laughs> and I'm, I don't know. I was just looking at those titles. Like, why aren't we watching those instead? Like that would have been so much. Yeah. Probably more They're violent. More violent. Yeah. Yeah. I will say the nineties ones are way more violent. Which is strange. You think they would progressively get more violent, not more tame. These felt very family friendly. Yeah. Uh, like they realized that people were watching these with their kids and were like, oh, we got to like change Maybe the content. that's why. Yeah. yeah. I remember like when Lifetime movies became more mild. Like I remember there was one that like every parent made all of my girlfriends watch whenever like I was in junior high. And it was about like there were two. There was the pregnancy packed one. And then there was one where um, it was like texting or like instant messaging to like spook you with that. Like sexting? Yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. Because like everyone had ICQ. What is that? It was like a shitty version of AOL. <laughs> or AIM. never heard of that. Yeah. I do like that in uh, one of these, um, there's a lot of online shenanigans and they go to search.com and like in the, the google in colors? the google font. But it's like such big font <laughs> in case so, you don't get it. And then she Googles like girls... Drinking. drinking yeah and there's like some and she's like huh. and then she goes to a generator website where she like pulls Deep it fakes. in and it's like put the faces here and then put <laughs> this here and push the button really walking you through every step of her <laughs> online cyber crimes well, she was a she was a marketing guru so <laughs> well that's the next movie right yes so okay i was frustrated watching the secret lives of cheerleaders because this is a denise richards episode and i feel like in the secret lives she is just like vacant eyed like not really involved just kind of collecting She's like, a paycheck Hi, honey yeah all right bye honey but there was one from last year called killer cheer mom yes this is the denise we wanted to see <laughs> in, in the, the first one. in that one yeah uh She's billed as an overly ambitious cheerleader mom in both movies but in this one she really goes for it she's the stepmother <laughs> to an ungrateful teenager she makes the teenager move from Chicago to like a small town. Uh, so the teenager's pissed. Okay. So in this film, there's moments where the teenager like will make comments like my stepmom. ugh, like, oh, she's evil. Something's up with her. But like, we know she's evil because she's on the cover of the film and it's like killer, killer cheer mom. mom. And we're like, okay, she probably <laughs> is horrible, but she doesn't do anything mean at all. Like, I'm like, oh, she's. She's like, hey, who wants a smoothie? And she's like, oh, what a bitch. Like, what? At worst, it's like fake nice. I guess that's the problem. I guess so. But I'm just like, like, what is this? Like, she actually seems like she cares about you. I guess she wants more alone time with her deranged goofball dad, who <laughs> is the guy from Melrose Place. <laughs> this guy, this character actor is like really eating up this like nothing role of like this dad who is not involved and not helping. Uh, and I was just like. This guy has to be famous from something else and is, like, excited to be working again. (laughs) (laughs) With Denise. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there's no way to describe this without making it sound cooler than it is. Like, Denise Richards (laughs) starts 
tampering with the medical records of other kids on the cheerleading squad and like um, framing them for drinking and she might have murdered somebody in her past before she married her this girl's dad. She's using like Facetune of like a gif of teenage girls drinking and puts like two of the cheerleaders' faces on yeah. their faces. And it's all to um, <laughs> earn a place on the squad for her stepdaughter, who Which is, is like a mediocre sweet. cheerleader. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is sweet, but she's it's ruining ca- other kids' lives. In the, I think, uh, the, but the reason she wants to do it is because she's like, I want her to be happy here and not give me any problems. So if she's a cheerleader, she's gonna be happy, and she's not gonna complain about moving here. Yeah. It's not a great movie, but like, I guess relative to the other one, it was just yeah. like so fun to watch Denise Richards oh. be evil. She turns evil there's this moment where it ignited for me and i was like god this is great and that is when the stepdaughter finds out that she potentially killed this other guy (laughs) that she was in a relationship with and she tells her dad so her goofball dad's like hey uh you didn't kill anybody (laughs) okay because okay yeah okay sounds good a real (laughs) mauricio type yes (laughs) mauricio and so the stepdaughter's sleeping and then Denise Richards is like the camera angle is like her looking down at you like as you would be sleeping and it's like fabulous. You ungrateful bitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not going to hear anything else from you. Am I? <laughs> Good. And then she walks away and that's like how oh, here she is. Here is the unhinged killer cheer mom Denise Richards that we have been waiting for for hours because at this point, I had watched, like, I was just watching back to back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like one long Lifetime movie. Yes. I don't know, though. Like, I think the movie really lets her down. Like, it, it's fun to see her play mean. And she has this really good way of, like, arching her eyebrow to make it look yes, evil. Like The Rock. But very sexual. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, she doesn't get to, like, hands-on strangle anybody. She no. doesn't get, like, a bathroom freak she out. Just she just kind of ties up her stepdaughter for a little bit, and then yeah. she gets free. The, um... <laughs> The ending is so disappointing and I don't feel like I'm going to spoil anything because I doubt anyone's going to watch this, but you should to support Denise. They're free on Hoopla thanks to the library. Oh, thank you, you library system. Yes. We did not spend money to watch Lifetime no. movies. <laughs> and it's it's whenever she gets caught, like she's leaving in her SUV and then a cop pulls up, but there's more than enough space for the SUV to go around the cop car. Yeah. But she slows down and stops and then the cop comes out with a gun is like, Put your hands up. And she just immediately is like, oh, no. Right. And put her hands up. And I'm like, roll the cop over with your Tahoe. (laughs) Like, that's That car was the size of a boat. It was was a huge car. Huge. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, but this was, this was like the, um, the killer cheer mom that we wanted. I'm glad that you caught that and that you found this and suggested it because I really enjoyed seeing her. Um. And, and you're right. This aligns with what's going on in Housewives because for these films, she was filming Real Housewives as well. Right. Except for the 2021 one. This is like post um, her her exit. She's free now. She's really coming to her She's, own. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe this part of her career isn't over because, you know, there's a two year gap between those two movies. Yeah. Uh, so maybe she's going to you know keep upping her lifetime villainy. We're going to have to keep up. 
Are you excited about the direction of Lifetime at all? Or when you want to watch it, you want to watch something from the 80s and 90s? When I want to watch it, it's specifically something from the 80s and 90s. Like, because I feel like that's like where it's at. It's at its most interesting and it's raw with like its emotion and its danger. Yeah. There are some in recent years that I got kind of jazzed about, specifically like the killer, you know, Psycho Granny and, um, they they've been like doing movies on a lot of like vc andrews novels like beyond petals in the wind and flowers in the attic and i love vc andrews she's like such a sick fuck and they're like taking all these cool like books that she has they're making them into like lifetime movies which is pretty awesome um i can't remember the last one that they did but it was like one based in louisiana and of course there's always a little bit of incest so i i think like that's interesting i just don't get super excited about like it used to be an event where it's like, oh, this new Lifetime movie's coming out about like a student that's sleeping with their teacher and like trying to kill her or something. And I'm like, oh, weird. And like now is just so mild and fake and phony. And the acting is like very like immature. Like it, it's strange. It also feels cheaper. Like they would rather do three killer cheerleader movies than one, than one good one. one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that actually is hurting the violence too because it costs money to have stunts and like events these movies nothing really happens in them at all they're just kind of (laughs) end so that's um our lifetime denise that's where she's at right now yes and she's also doing some christmas movies i saw okay that makes sense yeah and some tv appearances it was also kind of hard to pinpoint a classic era one for her because we've already done drop dead gorgeous on the show and we did valentine Which I think is when I realized, like, I was starting to count on my hand, like, I like at least five Denise Richards movies a lot. Like, maybe I'm a fan. I I had to, like, investigate my own feelings. (laughs) I had had a lot of processing to do (laughs) after that episode. Um, (laughs) But I think we settled on the right one. We picked Wild Things from 1998. Yeah. Whenever someone says Denise Richards, this is, like, the first movie that comes up in my head. I think Drop Dead Gorgeous might be her best performance. Yeah. And I think Starship Troopers uses her very well, but I think you're right. I think this is like the most iconic one from her. Everyone, like this is when they, and this is beyond me. Like, I just know, like, if you talk about Denise Richards, they're like, oh yeah, from Wild Things. She's on Beverly Hills Housewives? Okay. (laughs) Well, I think uh, also it's because people in our generation were really turned on by the threesome stuff in this movie. Which is, like, its lasting legacy is, like, the two scenes where she makes out with Nev Campbell. And it's, like, not even a full minute. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you know that there's, like, a shit ton of Wild Things, like, sequels? I think there's, like, five. Well, now you have my attention. (laughs) Yeah, because at first it was, like, Wild Things 2, and I'm like, Wild Things 2. And then I looked at, like, that Wikipedia, and then I'm like, wait, three, four, five, what? (laughs) There's no way these are any better than the um, Lifetime Cheerleader movies but I would much rather do a Wild Things sequel That would be episode. fun. Yeah. yeah. Maybe next time. <laughs> I always think I'm going to like this movie less than I do. Like, I p- turn it on, mm-hmm. and it's like a very late in the game erotic thriller. It's like <laughs> right before they started going direct to DVD. And early on, it's like two girls conspiring to lie about rape. Yes. And it's like, that's not a very fun start <laughs> for a movie. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> But they're so smart. Yeah. And then the movie just has, like, kind of what we're talking about with Dead Again, that Kenneth Branagh movie recently. Like, it just piles on so many twists and, like, double, triple crossings. There is, like, at least six twists. Before the credits. And then there's 
like two more twists After- <laughs> in the middle <laughs> of the credits. Stop. It's so absurd. So I always gradually like the movie more and more. Yeah. And then it ends and I'm like, that was pretty good. And then the credits go and I'm like, okay, this movie's fucking great. It just keeps <laughs> I love keeps this doing movie. it. Yeah, it's fantastic. It might be one of the better erotic thrillers. Okay, Mr. Lombardo. <laughs> Denise Richards is so good at being like the mean hot girl. Yes. She has the face for it. And she's just so fantastic at like knowing that she has like the look for it and she knows how to play it off so well. And like this is just like everything. Like this is like more amped up than when she when she did in Valentine than when she did in Drop Dead Gorgeous. I, uh, I, I feel I like she's playing the same character in both movies because it because she's a rich person's daughter, the richest person in That's their small true, town. But like I just feel like, and she's also a cheerleader gun freak. I feel in like both she's movies. more. <laughs> you're right. I feel like she's more amped up in this one in the cruelty part but I, I don't know i love her in here she is more hands-off in the violence and dropped in gorgeous her mom takes care of that for exactly. her exactly yeah. but this movie is fantastic for her there's this really perverse scene like when they first reveal that the teacher that they've lied about um having false rape claims so that they could have this like eight million settlement dollars. against her mother um that's the first twist i hopefully did not ruin wild things for you there's plenty more twists yeah to come after i don't that. think we should, yeah that one's <laughs> the obvious one yeah but then oh. it just keeps yeah. going but um they have a threesome in the hotel room yeah and that's like the first big sex scene in the movie i think and there's something really perverse about her wardrobe in that where she's wearing this like cheerleader schoolgirl cut skirt and then it pans down to her mary jane's with the little lacy socks yeah. i was like ew that's so gross <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this movie's so sleazy it feels like a porno oh definitely yeah. right <laughs> which i imagine those straight to vhs straight to dvd sequels have to get in a softcore territory oh absolutely yeah. probably a lot of um a lot of uh lace socks <laughs> oh my god i was just like really calling their teacher daddy probably <laughs> yeah 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 Yeah, like that's probably what happens <laughs> in the sequels i Jesus. definitely had a bigger nev campbell crush when i was a kid um because she was the gothier exactly yeah oh, same like i'm like wait growing up watching this i hate to admit it, but I grew up watching this, which is so bizarre. I'm like, Nev Campbell is the cool one because she's the gothy girl. And like now I'm like, oh my God, Denise is hot. Like <laughs> she's prettier. She's like that all American <laughs> look. Yes, yeah. But she had like that Y2K look down packed. Yeah. With, like the like frosted lipstick and like the eyebrows and the like blonde <laughs> highlights. Like, oh, cool. Her haircuts always look very expensive. Like, yeah, but I think it's natural. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, also worth noting, we probably attached to this movie because of the setting. It's set in like the Florida swamps. Um, I think the sweaty like Gulf Coast like atmosphere really adds to its appeal for me personally. Right. We love any movie with an alligator or a hot mosquito environment we're drawn to. They literally call Nev Campbell's character swamp trash in this movie because she's like more of a lower class citizen in this small community us and i'm just like oh yeah swamp trash that's like my whole thing yeah (laughs) that's our aesthetic but the movie leans into it so hard like the opening title card is like a gator emerging from the water so much fun the Uh, airboat the fan boat yeah (laughs) and then um there's a guy who wrestles gators who's just like a fun side character (laughs) (laughs) yes i did want to point out one moment in here that i thought was the most desperate 
Oh, I got so far in this episode without saying Desperate Housewives. I'm so it. sorry. Don't you dare. The most real Housewives yes. moment of this movie uh, was in the courtroom, and Denise throws a glass of water at Neff Campbell on the uh, witness stand. She goes, you skank, bitch. Yes. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah. That's where she's like, Denise, if only you knew what's coming for you. You were, you were in, in training for your, your later career. <laughs> yes. But yeah, this is, I mean, this is iconic, Denise. But we had to dial the clock even further back to her original run, which was your pick for this episode. This film, which Brandon was able to get on DVD. Thank God. Yeah. There's been a lot of changes to this movie since the last time I watched it. I'm assuming for you as well. Yes. So um, that would be Tammy and the T-Rex or Tammy and the Teenage T-Rex or Tanny (laughs) (laughs) and the T-Rex or Tanny and the Teenage T-Rex. I don't understand this movie's production history. I watched the 20 minute interview on the Blu-ray restoration with the director I felt like I learned nothing I <laughs> about how this happened. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this film is from 1994. It's her like first role, right? Or like it's her first, first big role. Film role. Okay. Like major film role. And <laughs> she's so good in this movie. So this film, I feel like I saw like a YouTube cut of it when I was in college. Like I just never saw this on like anything physical. How did you watch it? I found it on YouTube. Yeah. I used to go to, whenever I was like, had time to kill, I'd basically just go to YouTube and go to like full movies on YouTube on Reddit or something like that. Just pick the coolest looking movie. Yeah. I remember watching this and it just being like goofy, but this is very violent. That's the thing. It is a kid's movie from that era. And I remember watching it in 2016. I reviewed yeah. it for the website. Yeah. And I was like, this is a surprisingly violent kids movie. The version that we watched on YouTube is not this recent cut. It's the PG-13 one? Yes. Yeah. Because this recent cut was recently restored. I don't think anybody had seen this until a couple years it's ago. A phenomenal restoration. <laughs> like, it is so crisp. I do not understand how you could cut down the movie we watched. Like... Watching it, every single scene is so full of, like, sex, expletives, gore. Just guts being flung. I don't understand how that YouTube cut exists. It's like, what movie would be left if you cut this down from R to PG-13? And I, right. I've already seen it, so I know it can, but I, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't click in my head, like, the memory of it after watching this, where I'm like, what did I miss? Or what was it like? Worth noting that the Blu-ray as an extra does include the SD uh, VHS transfer of the older that. one. Yeah. yeah, I didn't watch it, though. Me neither. I did watch the Denise Richards interview on it, though. Oh, of course me too. I did. Immediately. <laughs> um, I think from watching the interviews on this is that there was this animatronic dinosaur. And somehow, like, it was available. And the director of this film was like, hey, I should make a movie with this dinosaur. Let me write something real quick. And then Tammy and the T-Rex was born. Like, this film was built around a temporary animatronic dinosaur that they had their paws on for a little bit, which is so funny. Prop first, movie second. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so in this movie, um, Denise Richards' first feature film, Paul Walker's in it as well, which I always thought that he was younger for some reason. Like, I'm like, wait, wasn't he like a child in 1994? Like... 
I don't know. I always thought he was like 20 when he was in Fast and Furious. I think Fast and Furious is just that old. Like, it would have been around 2000, right? I 2001. Guess, yeah. Because in the first one, they're um, stealing <laughs> out of the backs of trucks um, combination TV VHS player. Oh, my God. Or maybe God. TV DVD player. Because uh, that's when DVD units. players were expensive. It's oh, when they're like new and exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense, I guess. It's just it's just weird. It feels like a weird time thing. So um, Tammy is like this gorgeous and very sweet cheerleader. <laughs> cheerleader. And she broke up with her bad boy boyfriend and is now dating Paul Walker, her new boyfriend, Michael. And her bad boy boyfriend is just just shows up and tries to like beat him up all the time and like be like hey you can't leave me and i'm here for you and you gotta do what i say and you're my girl and blah, blah, blah. and his accomplice like his sidekick character in his like giant gang of you know bad boys and girls is uh the guy who played roach on the people under the stairs oh that's right i did not clock that that's awesome. <laughs> i immediately did that <laughs> He is very distinct looking. I should have noticed. He's very distinct looking and he's very active on TikTok. He shows up on my For You page all the time. Weird. Yeah. Um, specifically talking about like all the roles he's done. And he is just like super pissed off at the fact that like she is with Michael. And he beats up Michael. And then there's a point where he snatches Michael and beats the shit out of him. And leaves him in a park where there's a lion? So, I think the movie must be set around L.A. Because, like, it's like a wild exhibit for these, like, lions and jaguars. They're just sort of, like, mixing in it the open. It didn't connect for a while for me where I'm like, oh, they left him in the woods, but there's a lion in the woods? No, it's like a closed but off. Kind of like Global Wildlife Center, maybe. Sure. But I think, I think it happened because the director... On top of being a yes. director who did Mac and Me and Ice Pirates. Uh, Ice Pirates. He also was an animal wrangler for the movies. So he had a hookup. <laughs> so, so like, let's throw a line in here. I did find it weird. They had all these, like, predators just sort of, like, hanging out in the open behind the, like, what, a fence? Like, they could pretty easily get out if they wanted to. Bizarre. <laughs> yeah. So they leave him there because i guess knowingly they know there's a lion that's going to come and tear him up and the lion attacks him and then i guess a game warden or someone like that i don't know what the word is for this guy sees him and like shoots the lion and then he's brought to the hospital and then denise richards is like oh no like she's immediately <laughs> there with her like uh her gay best friend who alternates between offensive and awesome every yeah. scene I it's like do i love him. this do i hate it <laughs> i love it he's pretty great <laughs> Because he's, like, a really good friend. Like, they both make a really cool, like, fun duo together. Yeah. Well, at the hospital, he's, like, fighting for his life. And then all the while, there is an evil mastermind. I don't know if he's, like, a doctor. He's a Frankenstein type. Yeah, like yeah. A, a fake doctor. <laughs> right. He's a mad scientist. Mad scientist and his, like, you know, hot accomplice. Who is a certified freak. Like, she is a sexual, violent deviant. <laughs> who, who apparently, like, d did Pilates in real life oh, and yeah. got Denise Richard into Pilates. Because Denise was like, hey, your body looks great. That was so funny. Like, the mm -hmm. interview on the disc. Basically, it's just her, like, barely remembering things. She's like, yeah, that was weird. Oh, yeah, I did that movie. I remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I kind of remember shooting a scene uh, where we, like, went to this park. 
Oh, yeah. And, and I remember uh, everything was on fire, and the director was like, oh, this will look good in the sunlight with the fire behind us. And I'm like, hey, we might die, but I guess we'll just do this. She didn't know, like, prep for the interview where she, like, kind of, like, went back and, like, thought about it. She was, like, remembering in real time as she was, like... I thought it was funny. I think, like, probably what happened was they were like, we're going to give you $1,000 for 10 minutes of your time. Shoot. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the evil bad scientist duo reminds me of the the evil villain duo from Rocky and Bullwinkle a yes. little bit. <laughs> Boris and Natasha, yes. right? So what they're trying to do <laughs> is they have an animatronic dinosaur and they want a brain to connect to the dinosaur so that they can then take brains and put them in other things. Like, it's like if we could get the dinosaur brain situation right, then we can put brains and other robots to what end (laughs) (laughs) is it like to steal money like unleash the dinosaur in a bank because you want people to pay to put their brain in the body i thought like it's like hey if i'm dying i can put my brain into this body i don't know like and like did they construct the dinosaur for this purpose right or did they find a prop and build an evil plan around that (laughs) so that's the goal and it just so happens that he is their victim they pull him out the hospital bring him to their warehouse which is like their mad scientist lab and saw open his head take his brain and they implant it and then the t-rex i did rewatch the youtube cut to make sure oh thank you that i just I don't know. I just like clear up what happened. (laughs) And it's like so much quicker. Like there's a little zoom in shot of them operating, but you see no blood or anything. Oh. And then it kind of cuts like a lot of dialogue out and just skips to the dinosaur, like kind of coming to life when the pizza is delivered. Gotcha. So it's like, I I didn't compare run times, but it feels like they just skip entire scenes because you cannot cut around the horrific fucking gore of them scooping this guy's brain out like ice cream. It's so gross. (laughs) Like when I watched this, I was like, oh, this is like so disgusting. But the gore is like phenomenal for how low budget this is. But it gets worse. It's whenever the, you know, Michael realizes that he's this dinosaur. He like bites the head off of like one of the guys that's supposed to be watching the dinosaur while the mad scientists are away. And like the stretchy skin being pulled off is like oh, so sick. disgusting and the guts are flying and it's like, there's just guts and body parts and appendages just being thrown and flown and smacking against stuff. And the noise is very like ASMR. It's like, bleh, but it's fun. Yeah. And then he gets out of the warehouse and goes to the telephone and with his like little dinosaur hands, like <laughs> pushes the the digits. That image is beautiful. It's very fun. I like whenever they, they show like him using his hands as a dinosaur. Because it just comes you know, from off screen. Because, <laughs> you know, T-Rex arms are so tiny where it's like, how is he reaching? He's like scratching his head. It's like, you famously cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. It doesn't. It's because very everything funny. else makes sense, right? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> not, wor- not worth nitpicking. It's well, th- it's but that that bugged me so much. I'm like, well, the arms couldn't even reach that. No, it I'm delighted like, me. Uh, and I'm like, like Brittany, like think about like the whole situation, <laughs> please. Just the uh, just the framing of the dinosaur being in the frame, but the arm coming out from like out of the frame, just completely disconnected from his body, <laughs> doing stuff. It's like, so it's good. very funny. Yeah, and then. One of the coolest deaths is like he flattens a guy. Yep. And like then Looney Tunes style. Very Looney Tunes style. And like later on when they find his body, they are like they're rolling him like a fruit roll up. Um 
<laughs> it's so disgusting. So that is in the PG-13 one. Oh, well, that makes sense. But then the, it's not very you know, violent because he's like smushed. Later when he like slashes his next victim in the stomach, that happens too. But like all you see is like the shirt being oh, ripped. You see all the intestines spew out. <laughs> yeah, it's so gross. The cut is much harder. <laughs> so then um, Michael is now a loose dinosaur trying to figure out what to do with himself. Crashes a high school party. Crashes a high school party and gets the ultimate revenge on the bully. But like before he shows up, there's like this woman who's like trying to seduce like the hot bully guy, but she's amazing. Like she has this like dress on. That's just a bunch of like bondage straps. It's like Kelly Bundy. Yes. Yeah. She's like amazing. And there's like, I don't know who the musician or the band is that does like the soundtrack for this movie. But at first I was like, is this Melissa Etheridge? And then I'm like, is this a guy? Like it was like, what is this? It's, it's a very interesting soundtrack. Maybe it was Fiona. Could have been Fiona. She came back for this. So at the party, he gets his revenge and his main goal is like, I need to let Tammy know that I am in the dinosaur. So he finds her bedroom window and takes her away and then puts her in a barn and she's sleeping because I guess the shot made her pass out. Yeah. And then she awakens from her slumber and immediately freaks out because there's a T-Rex. But then like, he's trying to communicate to her using his hands. He does charades. Charades. And then he like immediately bites a rose because he did that when he was a human yeah he's like hey huh and he like bites a flower and she's like you're crazy <laughs> and then he did it as a t-rex um, very funny and through charades she finds out that it's michael and then she's like oh my god like you're alive you're just in this t-rex i'm gonna find your body and dig it up so we could put the brain back in your body so they're at his funeral and everyone leaves and then she's like okay coast is clear and also like while the funeral's happening his like little t-rex head is just <laughs> peering over the trees him watching his own funeral and then crying the biggest glycerin tear you've ever seen in your Beautiful. life so good it's so good and then they start they go in to like dig up his body and i mean she's just like full of maggots and eaten up and it's disgusting and it's like okay we can't use that anymore so they go window shopping at the morgue yeah for a new body for new bodies and she's like is this one okay yeah. and she's like pulling up all these dead people Good God. And then ultimately, like, word gets out that there is a T-Rex on the loose and the police force, like the derpy police of this town are trying to, like, find the T-Rex and Tammy's trying to, like, hide and protect him while trying to find a body for the brain. And there's this great scene where they're, like, in a cornfield almost. They're back at the sex barn. Sex barn. (laughs) Did they have sex? I don't think so. A joke made a very a, a cop made a very crass joke about them having sex, but I don't know if that was right or not. I don't think they did. Okay, because I don't. Should I repeat this awful joke? Probably not. Uh, just say it. The cops like trying to figure out whether or not um, she was with the T Rex, and the other cop, his partner, looks at her and goes, "I could tell by the way she's walking that she oh, was." Oh God! Like, yes. God. <laughs> <Good> God. <laughs> But there's this beautiful like scene where she's riding him like to a horse. like like a horse <laughs> from far away. <laughs> and then they have close-ups of her where it looks like she's it's like on the never ending story where you know he's riding Falcor, but it's like her on this T-Rex. Like I'm not lying, like the one where she's far away is kind of funny because it's like 
It's like composite photography. Right, but yeah. the ones where it's close up of her on the back of the T-Rex is so good. Because like the wind's blowing in her hair and she has this like beautiful like pirate shirt on with like this cool belt. They must have it on like a flatbed truck or on a dolly or something. They're kind of just gliding. Like there's no like up and down movements of the <laughs> steps. I thought that it would, <laughs> that animatronic dinosaur was really funny. <laughs> I do not think that thing walks. I don't think you could do that. <laughs> it is beautiful though. It's like pop art iconography <laughs> so yeah like tammy and the t-rex i think we should spoil the last scene just because it's we? ridiculous like the t-rex gets gunned down and then tammy the uh totally in love teenage freak that she is keeps his brain alive in a jar until she can find a suitable replacement and she attaches it to a video camera so that he can watch her do strip teases. And she, yeah. And she and then, pours whiskey in his little brain jar. Yeah, she gives him <laughs> drinks. Yeah, he she pours whiskey on the rocks on his brain. And then she does like a strip tease. And then he orgasms in his brain. Oh my God. And then she's like, makes a comment where she's like, oh, I heard they found like a bunch of like hikers that are dead and like frozen. We can go like check that out and see if like we can use one of those bodies. <laughs> <laughs> This movie's deranged. <laughs> it's so good, though. Like, yeah. the thing is, there are some times where there's, like, movies like this that have, like, a really silly plot that are funny because they're so stupid. And this is kind of like that, where it's, like, such a ridiculous plot and it's stupid, but, like, it's good. Yeah, like, the jokes are good. The jokes are good. Like, even some of the dramatic stuff is really good. Like, her, like, her love for this T-Rex <laughs> as stupid as it sounds it's kind of sweet yeah and she's such a lovable character in this movie this is like the least conniving she's ever been in exactly right? yeah yeah and well, we haven't seen those christmas movies <laughs> <laughs> but she's like so like awesome in here and then you're kind of like rooting for them the t-rex and tammy and then there's like lots of action and drama where it's you know like whenever there's the big t-rex chase i'm like oh my god like i felt like i was watching like <laughs> die hard so good and like just the fact that something that came from a prop yeah was this fantastic is like it blows my mind i'm not a big fan of ice pirates i know you like that movie you do like ice pirates but i do like mac and me for very similar reasons like he has a way of making really over-the-top premises, like, memorably ridiculous. Yeah. There's a scene at the end of Mac and Me where the aliens get naturalized as American citizens and drive off in a convertible that I think is, like, one of the most beautifully idiotic things I've ever seen in a movie. That is the best way to describe this. <laughs> it's beautifully idiotic. But it's just, like, such a different film to have all this gore just, like, thrown at the screen. Yeah. It's relentless. It is disgusting but like brilliant yeah brilliant and it still feels like a kids movie because you know it's it's the same film it's just a more violent cut of it i know like we were like god there's so much gore and violence and there is but it's not it doesn't feel overdone where i'm like okay i'm over it like there was not one point where i was like i'm done with this i don't want to see another person getting ripped up again like yeah they're done in such like creative ways that they're so different from each other dead alive kind of like stuff yeah and i honestly you know i i gave the movie four stars when i first reviewed it yeah um obviously it doesn't need the gore to be good like the no t-rex doing goofy things with his little t-rex arms is enough of a pleasure that it doesn't need watching him put a quarter in the phone booth and then pushing the buttons (laughs) done 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 i will say i i uh Mm -hmm. at the time when i watched it i was like it's weird this movie doesn't have a cult following like uh it seems like it should 
And now it does because this this cut made the rounds at like repertory theaters in like LA and mm-hmm. Austin and New York and like bigger cities like that. We don't really have a like film crowd here. I feel like it we had something similar. Like I remember when I first moved here, it was more vibrant and then like now I feel like it's just dwindling. I don't get the film community here. Like I went to maybe one or two screenings at Britannia where I felt it. Like going to see the Suspiria yeah. restoration, going to see Phantasm at midnight. I've been to a couple screenings there where I feel it, but for the most part, the rowdy genre nerd yeah. Midnight movie crowd isn't really present here. For a while, whenever I was like, I guess this was probably like in two, like 2008, 2000, between 2010, like the midnight movie circuit at Britannia was a lot like that. Like there would be like Garbage Pail Kids or like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it was always the same people. And it was always so much fun. And <laughs> it kind of just like died out a little bit. I'm laughing because I went to a screening of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, the Midnight series. Oh, I was there. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, this was. I remember this. I think that's when I first met, met. Cece. Oh, oh, you went with us. Yeah. Okay. I remember. If, I want to say it was like my birthday weekend, and my friend from the Bayou was with me from high school, and then we saw Ninja Turtles, and then I got plastered at Snake and Jake's. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember there being a guy directly behind us who mouthed every single yes. line of dialogue down to like the in-between? Yes. And people were getting pissed off, but I was like, this is awesome. I was enraptured that someone would have every <laughs> syllable. It it felt like a medical condition that he like had everything <laughs> memorized. <laughs> I don't know. I've never witnessed anything like that before in my life. Where is he? I don't know. I he, hope he was the community. He is watching a VHS copy of Ninja Turtles and it's on its last legs. <laughs> he's like, I can't let it go. But yeah, like, it's like, I feel like we had it at that point. Or maybe I was just younger and everything seemed better than it really was. And I have new eyes. Maybe I just don't as even a stay. old bitch. Maybe I don't stay up late enough to go to those. Oh, I could, I could not do that now. <laughs> yeah. At all. I saw Phantasm not that long ago. It was pre-COVID, but it was not... Do they still do the midnight movies? I don't know. I hope it's not all just The Room and Rocky Horror, because, like, I feel like those are pretty routine. But they did cool shit. Like, remember one time, like, Peaches came? Yeah. And, like, did a performance to, like, that movie that she was in? I regret missing that, because that movie has been impossible to get on physical media. But, like, that had, like, all kinds of cool stuff like that was, like, so plentiful and it's just died out so much i mean maybe once the pandemic is like actually over and not i know how people would like to pretend it's over right now i know uh maybe we can build something back up but like (laughs) this movie would kill at it oh for sure uh but yeah i I greatly enjoyed this denise richards retrospective yeah we went through the most important moments in her film career and then we also got to know her on a personal level yes and we got to know more about her life and her family and what she's up to now a lot of it made me sad. The The Charlie Sheen stuff was not fun to read about. It's sad, but, like, I feel like she's come out of that. Like, I think her being on Housewives was super important because, like, it kind of disassociated her with him. Like, yeah. as far as, like, her personal life went, she's more known for, like, the, unfortunately, like, the, the big pharma chase. Yeah. Than, like, being Charlie Sheen's wife. <laughs> Ex-wife, which is which is kind of cool. I didn't know that she was married to him until I was I was trying to read about her light and sound therapist husband. And then I found articles about how their daughter was, like, possibly being held captive at Charlie Sheen's house. I was yeah, like, it's 
crazy. It was a whole like. I just felt bad for her immediately. I'm like, oh god, you he was like with super that. abusive to her. Of course her. he is. I kind of hate him, and I hate how people like think he's cool, funny. <sighs> but yeah, I actually like found like the company that Aaron owns of like you know come to me for your illnesses and I'll give you like these weird vitamin juices, and like it's kind of sad because not a lot of people like the pictures that he posts on Facebook mm. for his company. Like he'll post some big thing, like please come and join blah, blah. We're going to show you how to be healthy. And there's like two likes. <laughs> and one of them's probably like a bot. Like, right. It's just really <laughs> it's sad. His other account. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, hopefully he's figuring out how to use the space in the atom that's not used. I've seen how they live. They're doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> as far as like material. Oh, probably wealth Denise. Goes. Yeah. They're, they're okay. Do you feel like this? was a good summation of like the housewife is this like a good example of like housewives fandom or do we just go with this angle because Beverly Hills has famous people on it because of where they live um because you know if we watch like Salt Lake City or like Jersey or Atlanta yeah it's not necessarily people I would know already no you know? so a lot of them you wouldn't Beverly Hills is like it's all people who are either in movies or affiliated with people who are in exactly. movies but is this like a good example of the show? I think so. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think it encompasses like the main thing where it's like you just watch these women go nutso. But like some of them are better than others. Like some it's like you, you know, watch these women who like all have like their own businesses just like knock it out the park and like make a shit ton of money and yeah. like do what they want. And half of them aren't married or anything like that. Which <laughs> They're not is actually great. housewives. Exactly. <laughs> New York's like that. New yeah. York's just a bunch of like business bitches. That makes sense. It's awesome. So yeah, but I, I feel like you'd enjoy it. And I really feel like you would like Jersey. I feel like you would like Jersey. I've never seen an episode of Jersey Shore. So the Jersey like mess does not, has not pulled me into I don't reality like TV so far. Jersey Shore. And I think it's because like I like my housewives for the most part like old and sassy. They, yeah, they have to kind of be like soap opera age. Exactly. Yeah. And they are soap opera age in New Jersey. So. <laughs> Are you going to watch any episodes of Bold and the Beautiful to get a glimpse of Denise? Probably so. Her new work. Yeah. Yeah. Now How that do you, you mentioned like watch it. that if you're not at home? Um, On the internet. Okay. And like at work, there's like a waiting room for physical therapy that's like in front of like where my office is and they're always playing. I have two coworkers who watch it in the gym the soaps, at work. Yeah. I think it's the most anyone uses the gym on my floor is to go watch to like watch their the soaps, soaps at lunchtime. Yeah. God. I feel like it's hard to keep up with those. Because, like, if you miss, like, a week, like, someone's dead, someone's come back from the dead, <laughs> and, like, someone's sleeping with someone again. Like, it's just, you lose so much. And there are, like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes in. Yeah. Like, it's so hard to, like, like, I, I started watching, like, the old Dynasty from the beginning, and it is so good. <laughs> but it was, like, a lot, and that's, like, a short soap opera. Right. So, like, just trying to, like, dive back into, yeah, like... the ones that are on five days a week are oh my God. much harder to yeah. keep up with. And I know I would love them. Well, there's plenty of Denise episodes out there. There's only, like, 200 between... Oh, done. Between the two uh, <laughs> cheerleader movies we watched, we had done, like, over 100 episodes of Bold uh, and the Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, next week on the show, Allie Boomer and I are going to talk about Another Swamp Flicks approved uh, movie Titans uh, first film. We're going to talk about Guillermo del Toro's Kronos. Uh, I love Kronos. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't seen it in so long that it's practically going to be like a new watch for me. So I'm, I'm excited to go back there. I'm still a big fan of his. I don't know if you're still like, I like on the yeah. del Toro hype train. I love like there's not one movie he's made that I was like, eh. I love the Hellboy movies that he's done. Those are some of my favorites. I feel like Hellboy and Pacific Rim are the only two that I was like, eh. 
but I, I like I love Hellboy. Yeah, Shape of Water was so good. Shape of Water's great. I like Labyrinth. Is Blade really Two good. a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Big Crimson Peak fan. Yeah. Crimson Peak Crimson apologist. Peak's so good. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I just it's been a long time since I've seen his like early like pre Pan's Labyrinth stuff. So I'm excited to go back to well, that. Well, that's gonna be fun. Yeah. Cool. And in the meantime, posting a lot of reviews on SwampFlix.com. Check awesome. it out. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye.